Hello everyone, this is Officer Anderson from WHV, having a wonderful day. Heading back into work, so I'm going to turn this over to Chris and Greg for the Field Day Podcast. All right, thanks Officer Anderson for that awesome intro. We do appreciate that. Uh, for all the Chris Scouts fans out there, he's actually not with me right now, but don't worry. He did travel to WHV for this podcast with Joel uh, to talk with Ellen Barron about the horticulture program down there. And I do got to give a shout out to Holly Kramer in the communications office who took some amazing photos at the farmer's market and all the awesome pumpkins that they had. So um, you should have saw that in a link in the podcast email. So make sure to check that out because there's some pretty good photos of what's going on down there. But let's get to Chris and Joel at WHV. So Chris and I had the opportunity to come down to Women's Huron Valley today to check out the, unfortunately, the last farmer's market. And we are here today with Ellen Barron, who is the horticultural instructor here at WHV. Hi, Ellen. Hi. Thanks for coming on Field Days. I'm, it's my pleasure to be on Field Days. Well, we appreciate it. So this is awesome. Chris and I just had a chance to head out there and check out the vegetables, some late summer vegetables and some pumpkins. How's the uh, farmer's market gone this summer? Well, th- this week is our pumpkin palooza. So we have all kinds of pumpkins that uh, we got to go along with um, our regular farmer's market uh, produce. Uh, so the ladies uh, decorated some pumpkins of all different kinds of sizes, but then we also have uh, plain pumpkins as well. And did you guys grow all those pumpkins? We did not grow the pumpkins. Oh, um, okay. But everything else that you see out there, all the other produce, we did grow. We didn't know we were going to do the farmer's market until spring, and uh, I don't really have space for pumpkins, or at least as many as we need to sell at this. So so I'm probably getting a little ahead of myself. Uh, before we get any farther about pumpkin palooza, mm-hmm. how long have you been with the MDOC? Uh, this is my 18th year. I started with women at Western Wayne 18 years ago and uh, then moved with them when they closed Western Wayne and came over here to the valley. And what brought you to the MDOC? I just happened to see the job posting and uh, when I was reading it I realized that I had the diverse background that they needed. I had never been a teacher before, that was something new, but they hired me and we've kind of figured it out and it's really worked out really well. And did you start the horticultural program here or was it up and running? The women have been moved all over the state, right? So they had horticulture at Florence Crane when they lived there. And then when they moved them to Scott and Western Wayne, it was uh, sometime between getting that the horticulture program up and going. So when they got it ready to go at Western Wayne is when I hired in. Yes, I kind of developed it, but the women had it before I came but I kind of made it my own at Western Wayne. How, how have you seen the program grow from when you started to kind of where it is now and how it exists now? Yeah, so when we started initially, there wasn't the certifications that we have now. Um, and, and so other than a, a MDOC certificate, which nobody in the public really understood, we now have certifications uh, attached to our curriculum, which gives us credence. Um, so the ladies now get to be trained as uh, certified pesticide applicators through uh, the, it's the same curriculum anybody on the outside would study, um, and that's from the Department of Agriculture. 
And then um, they also, we have a partnership with the Michigan Nursery Landscape Association, uh, and our students can prepare to be certified for their certification. Unfortunately, that, so they do all the testing and everything with that, but uh, they have to have 2,000 hours of um, on-the-job training. Uh, so they can't be fully certified until they go out and actually work in the field. But we've given them all the preparation, and they will have already tested before they go out, so they don't have to do that when they um, go home. Have you had success stories? Have you heard of uh, graduates of your program that have gone out and found jobs in this area? One of my students is now uh, working for the YMCA in Grand Rapids, um, teaching. Actually, she went on to Michigan State after she left here wow. and got a, a actually a horticulture degree. And um, she's now working at the YMCA, teaching different YMCA classes on, on horticulture, and uh, they're really active in the community. And then uh, another one of my ladies is volunteering at a uh, community garden uh, in, in South Lansing. So those are two really obvious uh, success stories, um, but I know there's plenty more than that because whether it's a job in the field or not, and I say this to my students all the time, I think this program is a success. If you go home and you grow a vegetable garden or flowers and you share it with a little old lady down the street, you know, and you, you show up on her porch with a big, huge, giant zucchini, then I think we've made our community better. You know, the ladies in your program, do they come in with a lot of experience, or is this maybe the first time any of them have ever even attempted to have a garden? You know, it's a mixed bag. A lot of my ladies are from rural environments, and some of them do have... Um, kind of a farming background already and then there's some people that are just you know they're like no I've always wanted to learn about this and I thought this would be a good way to to spend my bit. So what are the some of the things now we know you don't grow the pumpkins at least this year but what are some of the things you do grow for people who didn't get to go down to the farmer's market? Sure so we grow everything from your typical garden what you might traditionally grow in your garden from tomatoes and zucchinis and peppers and watermelons and maybe even lettuce. And then we grow some things that aren't uh, so common, like uh, rutabaga and kohlrabi and Asian greens and Napa cabbage and radishes. So I really try to make it as diverse as, as possible so that the ladies get a lot of experience with a lot of different vegetables. Holly's with us today, and Holly and I tried some pea shoots. They were really good. I felt healthy just eating them. I thought, this is this is health food Those right are here. chocked full <laughs> of uh, nutrients, and that's actually uh, something that we're going to expand this into next year um, is to uh, grow microgreens to sell. So the pea shoots is just kind of a, a reach out this uh, here at the end of the season um, to see uh, if people would be interested in them. Microgreens are really chocked full of nutrients, as you say, and uh, it's a really trendy thing to do now. You can eat them. You can throw them on top of your regular salad or you could take them home and put them in your smoothie and things like that so or just saute them in a pan they're really really versatile and they're really really popular right now a lot of the horticulture programs around the state you know obviously grow all the, all the food and then they donate it to local soup kitchens or food pantries do you have a one that you donate to here in the local area and then do you know how many pounds you were able to donate this year we work with food gathers. Traditionally, the horticulture programs give to the local food banks. Food banks are like uh, 
regionalized. Uh, and our one food gathers here in Washtenaw County uh, is actually one of the very first uh, food banks and has a really fantastic reputation. So I, I'm really fortunate to work with them. They're an outstanding organization. And so we've been donating to them every year. And we only have about a half of an acre of actual like growing space. And so traditionally, again, it, it's it's difficult to um, really judge based upon poundage, but that's how we, we weigh things because, right, the weight of a uh, lettuce is not the same as uh, a sure. tomato or a pumpkin even, right? But we traditionally donate uh, between 12 and up to about 15,000 pounds, uh, which is, if anybody knows anything about gardening, that's a lot. Um, we grow on a very intensive uh, manner. It's not like a traditional garden. Our um, gardens are set up in a kind of an urban model where everything's really intensive. So every one of my students gets a 100 square foot plot. We take a hundred that 100 square foot bed and we break it up into 10 different sections. So they grow 10 different vegetables, but we do that in three different rotations. So what you're growing in the spring is not the same as in the summer, is not the same as the fall. So they get lots and lots of experience with lots of different things. And um, by planting that intensively, we have lots to donate. So we donate, in the heat of the summer, we donate twice a week to food gathers. Here with the farmer's market going, it's changing to more once a week. But any excesses we have left over from the farmer's market and what we didn't already harvest um, today goes to food gathers tomorrow morning. It's been a fantastic relationship, and we're really, really fortunate to work with them. What are some of the challenges that you face in in growing the food? Because I know, um, like in, in prison, you're, you're not going to be able to have certain kinds of chemicals and things like that that you might use when you're out in, in the community. What kind of workarounds do you have to come up with to be able to do? So the best part about that is is that I have to grow organic, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I can't have a lot of the traditional uh, chemicals. Mm-hmm. So that allows us to um, have healthier and safer food. But I also come from the point of view that if, if we take care of the soil, that we're not going to have bugs and we're not going to need to spray and we're not going to have the diseases. So there's a lot of science that goes into gardening that a lot of people don't realize. And it's uh, knowing all the different components that go into that allow us to um, not have to use those things. But the challenges in here beyond uh, what we can use as uh, sprays are just the limited time right? The ladies having to go back and count and uh, what happens if we mobilize today and things still need to get watered and how do we do this on the weekend and oh my gosh, what do we do uh, if suddenly something does happen, we start to see a disease on something, we got to wait till Monday morning. Or the other big thing around here is all the supplemental lighting. It affects how the plants grow. Um, Sometimes good, sometimes bad, but those are logistic things that are a challenge in here. I, I tell all my friends uh, that, you know, I love my job, but sometimes my job drives me crazy because it's so frustrating. Like today when you guys came, you know, we were having farmer's market today and we mobilized. So it's like, oh my gosh, what do we do? Plan A, plan B, plan C. But I've now I've done this for 18 years. I'm getting a little bit better maybe about handling all the, the, the challenges that happen. Uh, unpredictability of things. And, and the weather, too, because we're, we're inside sure. today, and I saw 
uh, a couple weeks ago. It was outside, and the attorney general uh, right. came and was pretty impressed. So that was must have been pretty cool. Yeah, it was such a treat to um, have the director and the attorney general come to our market. They took some produce home with them, and I hear they enjoyed it. And oh, the director also took a house plant. I need to find out if it's still alive. Um, <laughs> I saw that on she, Twitter. She claims that uh, <laughs> it's still alive. I'm gonna have to do a check. <laughs> Wellness check on the house plant. Well, that's plant. right. Exactly. <laughs> so, have you picked up any? tips in here from just the you know unorthodox way that you you know mentioned that you have to garden sometimes that you've used um, outside of the gates or shared with friends outside gardening I think that 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 intensive gardening thing um, is partly out of necessity in here um, to be able to give my students as much experience as possible but we also grow in raised beds I need to give you guys a tour of that too you guys need to take a look at all of that but um, growing in raised beds uh, about uh, two to three feet above ground allows the uh, it's warmer there so we can get our crops in a little bit earlier in the spring and keep them in a little bit later in the fall. Can you talk a little bit about the uh, the idea behind the farmer's market because traditionally you would just like you said you would grow the food and then donate the food but here you're kind of getting a dual benefit because now the staff can actually reap the benefits and take the food home with them but then you take the proceeds right and the, the proceeds go to, to the same place right? So some of the proceeds go to food gathers we're giving a portion of our sales to food gathers because we're literally taking food off of their table. Mm-hmm. So we thought we'd give it back to them in kind, um, in in money. But why did we start the farmers market? We started the farmers market for an opportunity for our students to get some entrepreneurial skills, to see more than just oh I know how to grow it, but what else can I do with it? And uh, so it was a way to kind of expand uh, our program and the the opportunities that our ladies can have. So we had some people from the community come in um, and teach us all about farmer's market because I tell you what, I can grow some awesome tomatoes, but I don't know the first thing about business. So uh, we had some um, outside folks come in uh, from Eastern Market and actually uh, the former mayor of Ypsilanti, while she started Growing Hope, and that's a a nonprofit in Ypsilanti, and they started the farmer's market in downtown Ypsilanti as well. So she had a wealth of experience, um, and then a number of other community members, and they came in and uh, talked to us about, um, you know, what does a a farmer's market table look like? What are the things you need to consider? Um, Produce safety, how do we make sure that what we're giving people isn't going to be a health hazard? How do we transact do our transactions. You can't have any money in prison. How are we going to do this? And this was one of our our really big challenges. So we had to come up with our own currency. We have to keep it up in the business office and our our employees have to go buy their dollar tickets, uh, exchange their money for dollar tickets, and then they bring their their money in and, uh, and then buy our produce. So there's a lot of really amazing skills, soft skills of, you know, how, how do you talk to a customer and how do you handle complaints and how can we expand, you know, upon what uh, we thought was, gosh, this is a fantastic thing, but now everybody's asking for pea shoots and how can we meet their market demands and, you know, how much of this should we harvest today? And um, so there's, it's really, one thing I really love about horticulture is it's so multidimensional. It's not just sticking a seed in the ground and, and waiting for it to you know, grow you a tomato. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into it. And so our horticulture students get all of those uh, fantastic skills. And I think that's only going to make them um, more successful when they get home. 
I think it's such a cool idea. As soon as I heard about it, I've been bragging about it to everybody I yeah. can tell. Uh, and and then now, we're ha- now we'll have it on the podcast so people can hear about it. I guess uh, I don't know that of any other program that, that does a farmer's market like this. And if they do, then that, that's on them for not bragging about it. And, and, and letting us know because I would certainly be uh, telling from the rooftops about it. But So if other horticulture programs in our facilities would like to start a farmer's market, what advice would you have for them uh, to get started? Be prepared for a lot of hard work and a lot of planning. One thing that, again, we didn't know we were going to do this. We didn't have approval for this until we had already had all our plans done for the summer. So if they can plan ahead, have as diverse a market as possible because everybody has different tastes. And if we can offer them a whole lot of things, then we're going to get a whole bunch of people's money and not just a couple people. So a very diverse, uh, diverse products to sell. Well, check your email. I'm sure you're going to have people calling yeah. you. <laughs> well, advice. you know, uh, hopefully we're down to three horticulture programs in the um, in the state for that are educational programs. I know there's some of the, um, in the men's prison, some of the uh, prisoners have their own gardens. But mm-hmm. as a um, trade, we're down to three teachers. We, you know, we're constantly looking for ways that we can expand what we do. But that'll be up to the facilities of whether um, they want to do that. We've been really fortunate with Warden Brewer has been uh, willing to embrace this idea and give us a chance to prove that we can make it work. And it's been really, uh, we feel like it's really been successful this year. To your soft skills point, which the, the ladies out there did a fantastic job, I was handed a survey, and the only negative comment I had was, the pumpkins, none of them were CMU pumpkins. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and I really wanted to get one for Greg to take back. Yes. I was very sad that there wasn't a CMU pumpkin. You know, so. we had special orders. I wish I would have <laughs> known you wanted a central one. I would have made that. I mean, it, had there been a Western one, I would have had to yeah. smash it. So for sure. We, <laughs> you could have done a Gallagher routine. Yeah, we yeah. smashed it. Well, we already have the big MSU and, and uh, Michigan uh we had to have, make sure we had, we had equity with that. So we had three MSU pumpkins and we had to have three Michigan pumpkins because yeah. if there was more than one that had more than the other, it was going to be a real mutiny, right? right. You don't have to do a Western so. pumpkin. It's fine. <laughs> Just CMU. Just Central. Yeah, and you had some really cool ones. And, and we're, we took some pictures and we're going to put those on social media. So as people are listening to this, they can go on our Twitter feed or go on Facebook and they can see some of the really cool designs that the ladies put together. So. Very, very impressive. I'm so glad that you guys were able to come and see what we do um, down here. And uh, I want to show you around the gardens, too, before you go. So maybe you can give some perspective of what we do. Great. Sounds okay. great. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at... MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.